How is everybody doing today? Welcome back to another episode of Boys in the Zone. My guy Aaron B had me on his podcast a few weeks back, and now it's his turn to jump onto Boys in the Zone. So I gotta let this guy shout himself out. Um, he's a knowledgeable guy. I really enjoyed getting on with him. And so without further ado, Aaron, go ahead and shout yourself out, man. I hey, appreciate you, EJ. Uh, you can check us out at Tacos and Touchdowns on uh, X and on IG, and also follows on on YouTube and it's Tacos Touchdown Live, both on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, and then also you can follow me at AaronB901, and and also check out the Off the Ball Network as well, which I'm a part of. There's some great content creators, as well, just like y'all have on the grid as well. But yeah, I appreciate you, EJ, for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a fun show. We are going to be talking about some uh, pivotal free agents, some linebackers, some defensive tackles, and um, uh, some running backs as well. And uh, we're going to go over a few prospects, some new guys I've been watching, some hopefully some guys that you've been watching as well, Aaron. And um, if you're in the chat right now, what up, Vince? What up, AJ? Please do leave a like on the video. And um, with that being said, let's jump straight into it. So I'll pull up the PFF um free agency rankings and i'm specifically going to sort this um by position and we're going to start with these halfbacks um so i did create hold on let me pull it up real quick i did create a top free uh top 10 free agent running backs um and i thought it was saquon barkley deandre swift josh jacobs jk dobbins Derek henry devin singletary tony pollard uh I was supposed to say AJ Dillon, not AT Dillon. Um, Austin Eckler and Zach Moss. Um, do any of those names pop out to you, um, Aaron? Oh, I, I know I usually know the Josh Jacobs and the Saquon Barkleys and the the Derrick Henrys. But one guy that I've been really watching on is a Zach Moss from the Colts, who I mm -hmm. think would be a really good change of pace back for us. As all around, he has a he's a patient runner with good foot quickness and has power and is a solid receiver out in the backfield. I think he could be that good change of pace running back. And as, and if we added another running back in the draft, I think that'd be a good uh, one-two punch for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and let's let's just go ahead and jump right in here to Zach Moss. Let's figure him out right here. He's ranked 133rd on the PFF rankings for free agency. His projected contract looks like two years, 3.75 million average, so 7.5 million over the whole base, uh, 5 million guaranteed. Um basically inverse of the above average AJ Dillon um, forces a ton of missed tackles and space breaks off 10 plus yard gains on over 10% of his carries in 2023. Um, you can check out here his season grade. He was the 42nd running back out of 59. Um, that's with the limited carries. Obviously he shares the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. We talked a little bit about him on your show and I completely agree. I think that he's one of those guys that if you get him in a running back by committee kind of backfield, he can really prove to be a worthy asset for your team. Now, of course, he's not as highly touted as a Saquon Barkley. Um, which I did kind of want to start with, but since you brought up Zach Moss, I figured I'd uh, scroll down to him. Um, Saquon's 29th overall on the PFF uh, free agency big board, and his contract um, supposedly could be three years, 12.5 uh, 
12.25 million average. So that's probably out of question for uh, Dallas. 11.5 for Josh Jacobs, 10 million for Derrick Henry. And then this is where we got kind of a familiar face, obviously, Tony Pollard, but 8 million average. And this is where I kind of wanted to start with. Do you believe that Tony Pollard is a possibility of staying with the Cowboys and um, continuing that growth as him as the lead back in our backfield and then pair that with Rico Dowdo if you want to or somebody else in the draft like a Jonathan Brooks, like a Audric Estime or um, Benson from FSU? What's, what's your thoughts on these things? When it comes to Tony Pollard, I think you got to have another running back. It's got to be running back committee when it comes to Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard had a solid season, but he didn't really show that he's the lead back and he could just be the only running back in our yeah. in our backfield. I think you got to if you're going to keep him, you got to you still got to draft another one. Just kind of have a good one two punch type of guy. All right, and just overall, if you're going to go with Tony Pollard, get like another goal line or power back in in that in that lineup because. Tony Powell doesn't show that he's that 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 type of guy. He's more the shifty guy that can be out do things in the backfield. You can't really force him to be like what you did with Zeke because he's not that type of running back. They're different. They're different build type running backs as well. Yeah, and it's interesting just looking at this. Let me pull it back up on the screen. Out of the last three seasons, Tony Pollard has been inside of the top 15 for the running backs in all three seasons. Actually, 2023 being his worst season um, in the last three. And you can blame that on probably the offensive line not opening the holes necessary for him to really be effective in that role. Um, but just him getting the bulk of the carries um, was a problem, truthfully. So, like you said, pair him with another back and see if... Um, you can't possibly get the same Tony Pollard that you've been accustomed to in years past. So he was that first option for me. Um, obviously, the other guys are kind of, eh, you know, Derrick Henry's a big name, but $10 million a year, I just don't see that. Now, of course, the the uh, salary cap has gone up, actually $25 million over expected or something along those lines. So that's huge. That maybe opens up the door for a guy like a Derrick Henry to um, step into the building. However, he is older. He is almost he's going to be 30 by the, the uh, uh, season start or turns 30 in during the season. Um, but overall, his grades are still really, really good on PFF. And I know that PFF grades aren't everything. Um, but Derrick Henry was still a very, very good running back last year. And uh, you paired that with uh, the other young running back there and Tajay Spears out of the backfield for the more pass-catching role. It allowed Derrick Henry to be more of that bell cow back and not have to worry about the receiving game as much. Um, so... He is a name to watch, but I wouldn't really expect it for Cowboys fans. Austin Eckler is a guy um, that has had some juice in the past. This past season, though, he is it just looked like he lost a step. Do you kind of feel the same way? Or what were your thoughts about Austin Eckler? Yeah, I think he lost a step. And then just when you uh his uh the offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore, and I don't and we know Kellen Moore does not really utilize the running backs as well. And I would like to see what he does uh, like in another system or so, but I don't know if he's that same guy that he was a couple years ago or not. He's another older guy. I think he's he just he's about to turn thirty or something, but he's always kind of been that underrated type of running back. That yeah, he's he's going to be twenty nine during the season. It looks like 
Um, we got a question from my guy AJ, part of the Grid Network as well with Cowboys Can fans. So I got to shout them out, crack them if you got them. And he said, "Would you draft a running back or a wide receiver first if equivalent players um, are avail available for them boys?" Uh, for me, I just see so much more value in wide receivers as playmakers in the first place. You you factor in the possibility of you not having a Michael Gallup. Uh, you factor in uh, Jalen Tolbert. What do you really have in him? Uh, Brandon Cooks is only on that one-year deal. And then Kevontae Turpin's truthfully only a slot wide receiver. Um, so for me, I would definitely go wide receiver. And I think that it's a lot higher uh, possibility that you're going to strike one that you feel really good about. Now, with the running backs, and I've said this on many occasions, when they step into the league, they're ready from day one, typically. And uh, so you don't have to go and get one of these guys super early in the draft. You can get one in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, and you can feel good about him playing on your team and getting meaningful reps on your team from the very beginning. How would you answer this question, Aaron? I'd agree because when it comes to receivers, it's it, we're in a passing uh, more of a pass dominant type of offenses now. So having that really good receiver definitely would help. Like you said, uh, Gallup's uh, Gallup is not the guy that he was a couple of years ago, and I think you could upgrade again a better receiver. Brandon Cookson as uh, a production in the drop, and you, uh, you really honestly have C.D. Lamb, and I feel like Jalen Tober is kind of more in that Cedric Wilson type of role now. That could be that third, fourth receiver. And if you could yep. upgrade a receiver and maybe in those early uh, day one, day two, and like possibly a day three, I would do it. Like running backs, you could find a solid running back almost down to to the seventh round because you look at the, what the Chiefs found in Isaiah Pacheco because you you never know exactly what type of running back. So yeah, I would I would never I wouldn't sleep on getting a run a wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, DeAndre Swift is a guy that he said that he hates the Cowboys, so I'm just going to completely <laughs> skip over him. Yeah, I uh, just don't think that he would be willing to do it. J.K. Dobbins, he has been a very, very good running back. However, injuries are the main factor with his career. When he's been on the field, he has been good. Um, it's just the fact that he cannot stay healthy. So one year, two million average. Um, I would be interested in that. Truthfully, it's a, it's a, um you know, low risk, high reward type of a move. And he has uh, the ability to be a physical runner. And he still has, you know, not a, a super electric speed, but he has good enough speed uh, in today's NFL. And uh, I think that, you know, if you want to go with that move that you feel good about, and, and the Cowboys do this all the time, they get a guy that has um, kind of fallen out of favor for another team, um, whether it be injuries, whether his draft position wasn't, um, he hasn't lived up to his draft position or whatnot. They like to get people's second um, you know, leftovers, should I say. And not that J.K. Dobbins is bad by any means. It just seems like the Ravens are going to kind of flip the page with him because they have two good running backs there already. Um, and I, I just think that he's too injury-prone. So let's say you can get him on a one-year uh, $2 million, um, you know, average. Would you be um, inclined to think that that's a good deal for the Cowboys? How do you look at the J.K. Dobbins, you know, realm of possibility. Yeah, I was a big fan of J.K. Dobbins, especially back when he was in high school and everything. I wouldn't mind a, a guy like that. It's just like it's just availability is the biggest question. But with a guy of that talent for $2 million, it's almost kind of one of those deals you like, 
dang, it's, it's like you you could almost it's like it's like it's right there, and it's a low risk and high reward, like you were saying. And if it works out, it works out, and, it, and it's a win-win situation. But if it doesn't, it's not a big, a big uh, downfall. If because he's only two million, and then you could put some uh, some incentive base in there as well. But yeah. if he works out and you get another running back in there, I think that'd be a, a great situation if we if he works out for that for that one-year deal. Absolutely. Now, this is the big guy that I have been clamoring for the Cowboys to get is Devin Singletary. Got a shout out my guys at the Cowboys Cave. What up, guys? Uh, Mike Tag and Kelly K9 and everybody else there as well. I mean, they got a whole host of people at the Cowboys Cave. Um, but Singletary, he's a guy that can uh, be a really good receiving back. He has really uh, good feet, in my opinion. He can make people miss. Um, not great. Like he's not a super physical runner. He's not super electric speed or anything like that, but he has speed. He can play with some physicality. Um, he can do some really good things. Like, like I talked about earlier with the running back by committee, um, ideology and, uh, you know, thought process. I think that Devin Singletary would fit right into what you guys have with Hunter Lipke, with a Rico Dowdle, a Deuce Vaughn, possibly. And he's a guy that's, uh, you know, he has some experience and he's still young, only 26 years old. Um, a lot of tread left on his tire because he has never been that bell cow back. He is my probably favorite back of these, you know, names we're going to go over real quick. But what what were your thoughts about Devin? Yeah, he had a really good season with the Texans. And if you can get him to Dallas, that'd be a good complimentary back as well. And just that, like you said, he doesn't have that many treads on the tires. He wasn't like a thousand yard runner, but he could be effective when it comes to the to this running game. And just adding another running back, I think you have a good good back, uh, a good complimentary back. Yeah. And I think the receiving game is is his real plus side uh of Singletary. Uh AJ Dillon, he is that big goal line back. Um obviously 247 pounds for AJ Dillon. Um he hasn't quite lived up to his draft stock, obviously. Um, but he's intriguing because you talk about the guys on the roster right now. Rico Dowdle is kind of more of a finesse runner, not super physical. Uh, Deuce Vaughn absolutely is all finesse. You couldn't really say that he is physical at all. Hunter Lipke, of course, he's a fullback, so he's a little bit more physical. But if you did get an A.J. Dillon, you could pound the rock a little bit more up the middle. You could use him on goal line situations. What were your thoughts on A.J. Dillon's and the possibility of him coming to the Cowboys? When it comes to A.J. Dillon, it's just I, you see that he could be that goal line ability. It's just like his production uh, – He's like a sub four yard per carry type of guy. And yeah. he only had like two uh, rushing touchdowns this year. But maybe if you put him in a new system or so, maybe he could pan out, be that guy that we've been looking for that short yardage back. And then we could add a, a guy that could be more of that home run hitter type of running back. And that, yeah. that could fit perfect. But he's not on my top list of running backs. I, I If honestly, I would rather go with guys like a Gus Edwards or maybe a guy in the draft mm. or so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you with the AJ Dillon thing. Is AJ Dillon is intriguing as a running back by committee kind of a guy because he has that size. You can use him in a specific role, and you've got to use him in that role, or else it's you know if you're asking him to be an explosive runner, he's not that. Yeah. Um, but I would say if you're looking at AJ Dillon and it's like, man, we really like this guy. There's dudes in in the draft that do that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you can get them for cheaper because they're going to be a fifth, sixth round rookie. Um, 
Moving on to this other guy, Zach Moss, which we talked about a little bit at the early uh, part of it. But I did want to highlight him again just because I think he's a little bit of a do-it-all kind of a back that can uh, be a bruiser, can kind of um, you know follow blocks and understand being patient as a runner. Um, he's one of those guys running back by committee. We've mentioned that. And I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket for just one specific guy anyways. Do you kind of feel the same? Yeah, I just don't want to. Like you're saying, you don't want to put it in one person. You you want to just you want to have like a good, uh, if you can have at least three good solid running backs, and and because due to the fact injuries happen, that's what you should do. It's not like back in the days where you just had one really good running back, and he's going to be there for seven sixteen games. You you, you want to have a good rotation just just in case of anything that happens, and just in situations who you playing. My guy Falcon in the chat saying, "Say it with How's me, going? Blake." Quorum and signed Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, the Blake Quorum actually dropped one spot in my uh, kind of big board for the running backs recently. Um, I just, and this is me being just predicting. I just don't think he's going to run really great at the combine, um, which takes him a step down because I've been, you know, under the thought process that he's a four-four athlete, and I've kind of been hearing whispers pump the brakes a little bit on that. Um, so that makes me a little bit more weary of Blake Corum, but he's super good. I mean, he plays behind his pads, patient, has the balance. Uh, he has burst. I just don't know that he's really running away from people necessarily, like a Trey Benson or like a Marshawn Lloyd, um, or the kid out of uh, I think it's Louisville. I forgot his uh, oh, last Jawar name. Jordan. No, not Jordan. The other kid. Oh, I know you're talking about. Um, I mean, he's a track he's athlete, so um, I think he used to be at Wisconsin. But yeah. Um, either way, uh, and Falcon is saying he ran a four four in high school. I know that. Uh, see, high school and college, like you're, he's had so much muscle. Um, I just don't know. And, and that's one thing I, I've got to be honest in my, um, grading scales because I do have a premium on explosion from a running back standpoint, because if you're making explosive plays, um, which is 10 yards plus on a, a, a high rate, it, it gives you a plus for my grading scale. And I know that he's, he's capable of those 10 yards, you know, runs, but as 20, 30, like the Trey Benson's like, like these other running backs, like a Jonathan Brooks, those type of guys have a higher premium to me because they can take one run and go the distance all the way to the house. I don't know that Blake Corum can completely do that. So for that reason, he's number three on my board. Doesn't mean I'm out on Blake Corum. It just means that I've got to see him do it at the combine, run that fast, and he shoots back up. You know what I mean? So, um, but I did want to talk about a little bit about these linebackers in free agency. We got Frankie Louvu, which I will be honest, I am not super familiar with Frankie Louvu. Um, but it says on the little description here, Luvu burst onto the scene in 2021, has continued to be one of the best pass rushing off ball linebackers in the NFL. Uh, 43. Uh, so it doesn't seem like he's necessarily a every like a, a off ball linebacker. So I'm just yeah. gonna skip him. That's why I was whenever I popped up this name, I was like, I didn't even know this guy was a thing. Levante David's an older guy. I definitely know about Levante David. Very very. Uh, smart as a linebacker playing that off ball role um, understands the game can he was one of the best coverage linebackers for a very very long time not completely um, as good as he once was 
but still a very, very good linebacker in his own right. Understands, um, uh, um, you know, being filling run gaps and whatnot. I think he's an intriguing name. Patrick Queen is, you know, he burst onto the scene this year and really showed that he's one of those great, great linebackers. Of course, each year that Roquan Smith has been there, he's gotten he's gotten so much better because he hasn't been asked to uh um you know be that green dot guy and understand everything he just can play free and that's why i think that if we get damone clark in the same situation as a patrick queen uh where he doesn't have to be the thought processor and, and get everybody lined up and figure all that stuff out it's going to go a long way for damone clark that's a separate situation i think that patrick queen though he is a very intriguing guy because it seems like, and reported by a couple uh, big names, that the Ravens are interested in franchising, tagging Justin Matabike, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Mm -hmm. So do they get a deal done with Patrick Queen is the super you know, high question. Uh, but yeah, he what he can do as a situational pass rusher, he is very explosive, um, can carry coverage, not the greatest at carrying coverage, but is very, very good at... Um, reading and reacting and just going sideline to sideline and, and, and hitting dudes. So that's what I want from my linebacker is somebody that can fill run run lanes and uh, is a wrap-up tackler. Um, let me bring up uh, what Falcon says about Levante David. David would be a solid rotational Lord. piece in my, opinion, in my opinion, and I completely agree. David is only um, projected to get a one-year $5 million contract. Uh, which sign me up right now because, like I said, he he allows Damone Clark to play free, play that will position instead of the middle linebacker position, and uh, he can wear the green dot. He can understand defenses. Nothing that he's going to see is going to be new to him. He's going to understand everything that he sees from offenses, opposing offenses. What What's your thoughts on these two guys? I would definitely like to have a Levante David just to have a, a green dot guy like you're saying for like a Damone Clark where he could just be that side of the sideline type of guy because I don't I didn't see Damone Clark as a middle linebacker but we were just kind of low yeah. on linebackers we were basically at Marquise Bell playing linebacker because due to the fact that Marvin Overshone was out so we we're ba but having a good quality green dot guy that could play middle linebacker that understands the game where Damone Clark uh, can can improve and be if you have a guy like that, you could you'll see definitely improvement with Devon Clark. But there's a few guys, and when it comes to our our on this linebacker group, you you can find one for a good price, and and there should be no excuse that you find a good quality linebacker in, in this free agency. Yeah, I'm gonna take this question from my guy AJ. Uh, he said, "Do you want an offense or defensive free agency focus?" And same for the draft. Do you want it to be primarily offense or defense focused in the draft? Um, for me, and then I'll let you answer, Aaron. Okay. Uh, I personally would like to lean with going and getting guys that are proven in the NFL right now today uh, in on the defensive side. So as far as free agency rolls around, I want to see us add defensive pieces. I like what we have on the offense. And truthfully, the biggest move that I would make for our offense is just retaining Tyron Smith because it allows us to have that flexibility to go BPA in the uh, draft. Now, of course, you would like to go offensive line in the draft with the round with the first round pick, um, but you don't have to. If you see a guy slide that uh, a Brian Thomas or 
you know, somebody along those lines, a um, Jackson Powers Johnson or something like that, that slides, you don't have to be pigeonholed into a tackle. Um, so that's why I like to re-sign Tyron Smith. I personally don't really care about the draft as, as much as being super offensive or defensively heavy. But as far as the defense goes and free agency, I think we got to fill our our um, holes right now and get the guys that Zimmer has some type of familiarity with or some type of he can work in my system right now. And that understanding, instead of hedging our bets on a rookie being a premier uh, uh you know, piece to come in and, and try to fill a huge need. We already saw that that didn't work last year with Mozzie Smith. So um, that's where I'm at on it. What what do you think about this, Aaron? When it comes to uh, to the uh, free agency, I like to see the defense because you've seen the traits of like when we would get a new defense coordinator, we'd be aimed towards it, getting more pieces for the defense. Like when you thought about when you had Dan Quinn, they were making sure to get pieces for him. And yeah. – one, uh, it's not to brag on this one. Uh, Mike Nolan, he they even got guys for him, which wasn't weren't really. You can't really say that. You even think of go back to even uh, what's it called Lane? I'm not uh, Monty Kiffin, some other guys like that. But they always try to go geared towards getting the defensive uh, free agency. And I see that again with Mike Zimmer. He's a familiar face of Dallas. That so they're gonna get him the pieces. You can mm-hmm. maybe see guys coming back that were on his Vikings defense, like mate. I know this may be far-fetched, but a guy like maybe a, Dan, a Daniel Hunter or maybe uh, thinking about even trading for a guy like an Eric Kendricks. Ooh, maybe. If we got Daniel Hunter, I'd be I'd be happy, man. Yeah. That adds so much more to your pass rush, and it allows D-Law <clears throat> to get kicked in there to the three-tech position on true pass rush reps, allow Daniel Hunter and Micah Parsons to just hunt right there. Man, that's, that's, that's tempting. Um, well, it's going to pull this back up. And talk about this next guy, Jordan Brooks. Uh, I believe he's at Texas Tech, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, whenever I scouted him, he was more of a um, raw prospect at linebacker, decent in coverage, and he it, it seems like he's kind of carried that over into the NFL. Um, they trust him in coverage a lot. Um, however, he's not the greatest at any one specific spot. Um, I think he needs to be better as a running uh you know run defender um but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily bad i guarantee he's better than what we had last year um now he's a younger guy 26 years old three years 12 million average is what he uh looks to be projected on the open market for me that's just it's a little bit much i like if if i feel like he's 12 mil why not just get go up another six mil and get a Patrick Queen that is, in my opinion, much better, two years younger, and um, has continued growth sustainably over year after year. Um, so that's why where I'm at on that. Bobby Wagner, older player, in my opinion, I don't think he's as good as he he's was. He's lost a step a little bit. Um, but he's a very smart player. You cannot question his IQ and his mental makeup. Um, and for as, as far as Damone Clark goes and what Bobby Wagner would mean to Damone Clark, um, I think it would be very, very, um, you know, it, it would just take him up another step. What are your, what are your thoughts about these two guys, uh, for the Seahawks? 
If you'd have to choose, I would definitely go with more of the Bobby Wagner. Yes, he lost a step, but just having a guy like that where a guy Damone Clark can learn from, that'd be beneficial. But it's just like, is he going to still be a, a that same? You know, he's not that same guy he was a few years ago. Yeah. It's what's weird is like every time I watched Bobby Wagner these past couple of years, I didn't think that he was all that impressive. However, PFF still has him ranked seventh and first, uh, respectively, in the last two years as far as linebackers go. So interesting. Um, but this is a guy right That's here, the one. Aziz Al here, very, very good in run support. Um, not the not the best guy in coverage. But he's a guy that's going to come up. He's going to hit you. He's going to attack to run gaps. He's going to wrap up and tackle. And that's exactly what you need for the Cowboys. Projected contract, 6.75 mil a year average. Dude, sign me up right yeah, now. He would help us so, so much. Talk about him a little bit because he was a 49er as far as I'm, uh, from what I remember. And he kind of got replaced with Dre Greenlaw when they let him go. Went to the Titans and kind of still picked it up and was still very, very good on a Titans defense that was not as good as years past. So talk about him a little bit, man. Yeah, I actually got some notes on him right now. He had 163 tackles, two sacks, and 56 run stops and nine tackles for loss. And he's a fearless linebacker that can burst through blocks, an early down thumper in the run game, and just a leader on and off the field. And you just mm. – and that's what we're looking for in a linebacker, just uh, that could stop and uh, be a run stopper. And I think a guy like him, and then for the price of range, that'd be perfect. If you can get him on a two or a three year deal, I'm I'm down with that type of guy. Absolutely. Um, take a little swig of that wine. Um, <laughs> um, Devin White is an interesting guy, highly touted out of the the draft and. Um, you know, the first few years for Devin White um, in Tampa Bay was really good. He was a good situational pass rusher, um, carried coverage um, decently, not all that great. Uh, but the last few years, he's been absolutely horrible in the coverage aspect of things. And that's where it makes me kind of weary of getting a guy like Devin White because, sure, he was good and he can get in the backfield and um, get sacks. But our biggest need is don't be a liability in coverage and be a plus in the run department for our linebackers. So for me, I'm completely out on Devin White. I would like to hear what you kind of think and um, what you would what you would do if you were in that room with Jerry Jones and they were discussing Devin White. And when it comes to Devin White, I think people still fall in love with the name when he was in the draft and everything, but it's just the product. Uh, uh, some of the stats you see are kind of like empty calories in a way. And it's just like hearing things about him, uh, about the as a leadership and all that stuff and all the, the off the field things that go on in the locker room. I was hearing on some of these, on these shows, I'm, I'm out on Devin White, but the guy below him, I'm definitely down for, uh, I know we're going to talk about him, uh, Josie George. Josie, go ahead, go ahead and start. Josie Joel is is the definition of an Iowa blue collar type of linebacker. Not not gonna flashy with being a a, a super athlete, but the guy is just uh, is a green dot guy. Loves you can see he loves the game. Let me see. I got I, I this is what I have. A true blue collar type of linebacker is 
and he fights through traffic to make plays and not not gonna like i said not gonna why you with how athletic he is but his determination to uh to make plays is just like what you love to see in a linebacker and he'll be that that leader type of linebacker and he's just physical and he's not afraid of a contact and can shed blockers with ease yeah no on on what i think of josie jewel and it's it's weird because he was an older player during the draft process and whatnot and i feel like i was like man i just i swear he just came out of the draft not too long ago um which is funny that now he's you know a free agent but regardless josie jewel he's an all-around kind of a guy he's not super super great in coverage not super super great in run defense but he's good enough at all all three major categories he can give you a little bit of pass rush he can give you good coverage he can give you good run stuffing and um you know he wraps up he tackles he's a high motor guy high character guy like you mentioned I think for a two year, 6.25 million average, um, sign me up. He's a guy that I would like in our locker room. Um, an older player, sure, but un- you know, it's one of those things like a lot of those guys that come from those Midwest schools and whatnot, they stay there for a little bit. You know, they're not like these um, younger linebackers that come out of the, you know, uh, SEC. Yeah. Uh, so, so he has seen a lot of football and he understands um you know what offenses are trying to do and that's you know you you can't um you know that you can't value that enough so i would be completely okay with josie jewel now excuse me blake cashman i i never even heard of this name however he has been uh ranked as the eighth linebacker on pff last year so um i do want to kind of read his little thing here cashman was acquired via trade from new york jets before the 2022 season went on to play just 149 defensive snaps due to concussion sidelining him for a while flash forward to 2023 with the arrival of new head coach and former linebacker D'Amico ryans and cashman is having a career year Cashman pass rush ability has been of value and we've uh, known about even when he logged limited snaps in past years, but his eight tackles for loss and no gain against the run is a top 15 mark. It is 79 or yeah, 79.7 coverage grade ranks 15th among 55 linebackers with 50 tackles in 2023. So just by that in the two year, 4.25 million average, um, you know, money, for me, he's an intriguing name. I don't know a lot about him, and, I, and I'll just be completely yeah. upfront about that. Um, and it seems like, you know, he didn't really get a lot of playing time with the Jets, got traded, didn't even really play as much for the um, Texans that first year he got traded. But with D'Amico Ryan's addition, he really grew into his own and started to understand the game a little bit more. Uh, intriguing name to know. <laughs> and you said that, he, excuse me. <coughs> You said you didn't really know about him either. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, truthfully, who knows? But for PFF to have him at number 80, um, you know, it can't go unnoticed. So he's a name to kind of look out for. Uh, Drew Tranquil, um, I mean, he's a, he's a Chiefs guy. Obviously, um, you know about him. He's a good player. I wouldn't consider him a great linebacker, but he was better than what you had. Um, Jordan Hicks is a guy that, uh, would be interesting just because of his Minnesota ties. Now we have Mike Zimmer, um, moves well 
it says as a punch tackler rarely misses opportunities despite despite a very high volume in defensive stops and total tackles over the past five years um didn't he used to have dreads yeah is this the same okay okay no, so was, I was, it, was it kendrick's one of them had i know kendrick kendrick's, had the that's hair. who i'm yeah, thinking of. kendrick's um kendrick's is the one that i always liked a little bit more just because of yeah. his coverage ability uh but jordan hicks he was good in his own right um so those were the really the the main guys i wanted to talk about in the linebacker group did you have any others that i didn't kind of bring up let me i think those are the main ones uh, yeah when it comes to linebackers that was the main ones i was i really caught my eye the most with the uh, aziz ashayir uh, josie mm -hmm. jewel and then you kind of talked a little bit on uh, Drew Tranquil, a guy that could play uh, Mike and Will. But I think he's kind of a guy like uh, if one of your players go down, he'll handle the, uh, the job and do a great job for the short amount of games. He's kind of and that being that veteran as well. Because that's what happened when he was with the Chiefs. Because I know it was uh, William Gay was out and he had to play the middle. Yeah, and he did. A, he did a solid job. He's, no, he's, he's one a, of those guys. He's a really good player my kind of worries about some of those chiefs linebackers and i know they were they were good in their own right so don't get me yeah. wrong but they had george karloftis chris jones up there in that front and i think that that helps a lot especially having that interior guy that you can trust um for your linebackers that allows them to play a lot more free and so um and the, and chris jones is right here on this list as well um but yeah it's not that I'm, I would be weary about signing them, but I just don't think it's the same kind of, you know, jump into the Cowboys roster and expect the same kind of looks from our defensive yeah. line just because we don't have that interior guy. Um, but you sign this guy, Chris Jones, and you definitely have him. Uh, no, but he's $30 million a year is what they're uh, projecting out. That's just, I mean, that's, uh, I, I had a tweet the other day about the realistic possibility of Micah Parsons at $40 million a year at CD Liam at, <laughs> excuse me, $30 million a year. And then Dak Prescott at $60 million a year. And I know they don't structure contracts like that. So mm. don't, don't blow up my mentions and say that, <laughs> but Chris Jones at 30 mil a year is a lot of money to shell out to somebody. Um, so, uh, I don't think that they would do that. We talked about Justin Matabike uh, a little bit at the top of the show. The Ravens are supposedly eyeing him for a franchise tag, so we're going to skip those two and just talk about or start with Christian Wilkins. Um, and I know he's one year, twenty-two million. Um, however, he's a very, very, very good um, interior uh, run defender. Gives you some pass rush. Um, especially this uh, this last year, he was very good in pass rush and pass rush win rate. Um, do you know anything about Christian Wilkins? Are you uh, impressed with what you see from him, or would you be interested in him? I'd definitely be interested in uh, Christian Wilkins. He's an all around uh, great defensive tackle. I know we uh, we they talk about the mid BKs and then they talk about Chris Jones, but uh, Christian Wilkins is not a sleeper. He can do a little bit. Of, he can do everything that you want in a defensive tackle. If we can get a guy like that, sign me up. But it's just that – it's just when you see these guys, you're like, you already know, like, man, this is not in the price range. I know they're saying all in, but 
yeah, they'd have to prove us wrong and and getting uh, guys like that on the, on this list. I'm like, man, they, there's some really good defensive tackles out there. And there is, and it starts, and this is right right on the cusp of where I think the Cowboys might be in on. Leonard Williams, you've played against Leonard Williams mm-hmm. a lot, being that he's placed for the Giants. You know how good he is in the inside, creating pressure and being a really good run stuffer up the middle. Um, super stout. Uh, and I think that the three years, $17.25 million is a lot. However, I don't even know that that he's going to get that contract necessarily. Um I think you you could because his age is up there a little bit, but almost thirty years old. And I know Chris Jones is up there in age and Wilkins, um, but for Leonard Williams, I personally think that he is going to take a, a lesser deal than what is uh, attributed right here. If you could get him for fifteen million, I think that you would be playing with house money a little bit because he is so so good at not only stopping the run but he gives you that pass rush upside that you thought that you had in mozzie smith um so talk about leonard williams and, and what you think about him man if we could get like you must have been reading my mind because i was thinking if we can get him in that 15 million range sign me up uh he's he, he i know he's played for like i know he played for the jets before and he played for the giants but just Let's get a run stop and a defensive tackle, and that would be a perfect one to have in there. And, and it would really help out when it comes to our linebackers and just overall just having a really solid defensive tackle would just improve. And then Leonard Williams for, for was it, you say, was it three years, 15 mil? That's what I'm kind of feel, feeling like it might be. Because I feel like the 17 mil is, is selling him yeah, a, a little, little bit too yeah. high, especially with those other three guys above him, which are clearly better in one is three years younger than Justin Matabike. Now, let's say that Kansas City goes ahead and, and gets Chris Jones locked up. Let's say that Justin Matabike is franchise tagged and Wilkins could be franchise tagged as well. Mm-hmm. Then maybe he is the cream of the crop up at the top and he can kind of ask for whatever he wants. Um, I just feel like $17 million might be a little bit, uh, you know, who knows. Um, but... You know, you never really know. A really, really good interior defensive lineman is so, so vital, um, especially if they can get pressure up the middle. That really um, causes disruptions between the quarterback's timing and allowing him to step up in the pocket, which throws everything off. So if you got a really good guy up the middle, it can it can make um, your defense so, so much better. This next guy I want to talk about is my guy. I've been clamoring for DJ Reader because of what he has right here. Look at these grades, bro. Uh, over the past three years, all of these are green, very dark green or blue uh, for DJ Reader, which means that he is very, very, very good at not only pass rushing, at not only run stuffing, but he understands how to um, you know, take on double teams. And understands how to fill lanes. And um, I, I've said it. Yes, he's older. 29.6 years of age. A lot of these guys are older. Yeah. But with DJ Reader, and I know that he had the um, injury at the end of the season. That's why I think you can get a DJ Reader at a little bit of a discount. is because he was injured so late. I think it was week 15 is what he says right here. Uh, toward, torn quad at the end. Uh, in week 15 that knocked him out for the remainder of the season. So if you can get a little bit of a discount because of that injury, sign me up, dude. 
he is so, so, so good. Every single time I've watched any Bengals game, um, uh, where did he used to play before the Bengals? Uh, Texans, yeah. yeah Texans, um, he popped off the screen because I was like, who is that guy? Consistently eats up double teams. We'll get uh, – he's he's not slow off the snap like Mozzie. He's actually pretty quick off the snap. Can get that, uh, you know, drive with his legs into the middle of the pocket and, and it makes the quarterback have to flood outside. And those guys are the exact thing that I'm looking for in a defense. And it also not only floods the the quarterback out, but it allows your linebackers to play free. So DJ Reader is the biggest guy that I, I out of everybody, I don't even care about Tyron Smith. DJ Reader would be my number one on my board to go get. How do you feel about him? And, um, and I don't know if you talked a little bit about, yeah, you talked a little bit about when Leonard Williams. So talk a little bit about uh, um, DJ Reader, man. Yeah, DJ Reader was all that underrated, that one tech that it kind of went slip that people didn't really look at. But but when it comes to when you see it on film, like, yeah, he frees up for linebackers and everything. He he helped guys like when it came to the when the Texans, like with J.J. Watt and everything. So they could go on one on ones with uh, with, uh, with with tackles and everything. Just having a guy like that in there in this defense. If you look at every Super Bowl team in these in years, they always had like a solid big defensive tackle where linebackers get roamed free. If you can get a DJ Reader who just coming off an injury, you make and get that discount. He's going to another winning team. If if we can get him, sign me up. And there's another guy on the bottom I definitely want to talk about as well. Uh, on the bottom of uh, DJ Reader, but DJ Reader, if Grover, we, yeah, Grover, that go ahead, go ahead and talk yeah. about him. Yeah, Grover Stewart, and that's another underrated guy that he played for a small market team. I know he played for the Colts. He's an underrated one uh, tech with a high motor. He was fifth among defensive tackles and run grades according to PFF. I know it's probably on there it was a seventy-seven point three, a space eater. Yeah, uh, uh, on the grade last year, seventy-six point two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's in, he's an improved a little bit. He's he's an older guy as well. He uh, frees up uh, for pass rushes to win one on ones, and his role would be that one stuff and one tech with some pass rush ability as well. He had eight quarterback hits, twenty four run stops, and and you can get him for a good deal as well. It's like there's no excuse not to get a one of these quality uh, uh, defensive tackles this year. I think that should be like one of the number one things we should get when it comes to defense tackle, you kind of want to have that veteran in there. Cause when it comes to the, to the when they're getting to the league, it, it takes them time to be, to develop as a defense tackle. Cause some may be slow to get up and then you're playing against veteran offensive attack guards or anything like that. So they have technique. And, but when it comes to a lot of the rookies, some of them don't know about their hand placement, maybe, maybe a little too wide. And they always been kind of that guy that could push guys over, but you can't, push over guys that have been in the league for over 10 years. They got to learn some technique and getting a veteran guy like one of these guys would be perfect. They can learn from and yeah. they can sit for a couple of years and then they, they're the next guy up. Yeah, really. I, I'm not super interested in, in these other guys down here yeah. a little bit more. Um, well, I say that Maurice Hurst. Now I saw his name. He's a guy that's been injured uh, kind of like the other guy we were talking about a little bit earlier. But he's very good when he's on the field. So if you can get him on the projected contract of $1.75 million a year, low risk, high reward kind of a deal, I would like that move. Um, That's definitely a Cowboys Javon move. Kinlaw, meh. 
No, Shelby Harris, me, older guy. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, yeah. So a lot of these other guys down the list, but um, Sheldon Rankins, uh, you know, a highly drafted player in my uh, from my memory, hasn't really you know been as good as he was you know you know projected to be out of the draft, uh, but still a serviceable player. I think that really realistically, anybody DJ Reader, Grover Student, Stewart, Sheldon Rankins, those guys would allow your linebackers to play free, eat up the double teams in the middle, and give you a little bit of pass rush uh, in that department too. They're a lot cheaper than the other guys, and I think that would go a very, very long way for this team. So those are the real guys that I wanted to um, check out a lot. Um, let me see if... Um, oh, man. shouldn't have done that. Hold on just one second. Um, where is mock draft simulator? Okay, so because we're running a little bit long, we're not going to be able to get into the prospects like I was kind of hoping and, and talk a little bit about, about that. But while we're doing this five-round mock draft, we can talk a little bit about them. And uh, if you're interested, maybe we can just re-up and go a two-for-one and get you back on the show next week as well, and we can talk okay. about prospects. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so let's start off this draft. It's going to go a little bit fast. Drake may went number one overall. I saw that Peyton Wilson, number 23 overall. Holy crap. Did I set this up weird? I don't know if I said that. Okay. Regardless, let's just check these names out. JC Latham, the tackle out of Alabama, uh, Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon, Troy Fontenot, the tackle out of, uh, Washington, Graham Barton. Has that position flexibility along the line out of Duke. Um, Tyler Newbin, wow, he has moved up the board. The safety out of Minnesota, Brian Thomas, like I uh, mentioned, Ennis Rakestraw Jr., which is another uh, really intriguing guy um, that doesn't get a lot of praise because he is at a, you know, uh, not a highly touted school in Missouri. Um, but I believe this guy is a ball hawk, um, if I remember right. I haven't really scouted him all that much. Um uh, where is interceptions? Oh, okay. Now I'm I'm thinking about a different guy. Sorry. Oh, you talking about Quinion Mitchell? Huh? Quinion Mitchell is who I'm talking about. You're right. Ennis yeah. Rickshaw Jr. That's the that's the question about his. Can he get interceptions? Quinion Mitchell is the exact opposite. Gets so many interceptions. Uh, I think he had like four interceptions in one game. So, um, JJ McCarthy, if you're one of those guys, um, nice. Bo Nix, Zach Frazier. Which I know a lot of people are higher on Zach Frazier than Graham Barton. Uh, Keon Coleman is here. Jordan Morgan. Um, so does any of those names uh, stand out to you, or do you want to look at a specific position? Where are you at with this? I'm honestly I'm looking at the BPA route as I know I, I could say the Graham Barton, or you can go to Zach Frazier, but I kind of like the Brian Thomas. Uh, uh, look, uh, just having that another receiver next to CD Lamb, and uh, yeah. you, you know, Cooks is on a one year deal, and mm. upgrade the receiving game. And I don't think nobody would complain. He's a deep threat guy, and he's a red zone type of receiver. He was like one of the, I think he was first in uh, receiving touchdowns. So I, I would go that route. I, I, I see, I see you rubbing your head, so I think you're kind of thinking that same way too. No, I really like uh, Brian Thomas. I haven't completely finished my scouting report on him. 
but he has a very, very good ability to um, – sorry, let me answer this question by my guy Falcon. Who took JPJ? It looks like the Miami Dolphins at 21, so right before us. Um, but Brian Thomas has a very, very good ability to be fearless over the middle. He has a good um, ability to gear down, which is one thing that I really look for in wide receivers is you can be fast, sure, but can you gear down and sell the go route to come for the comebacks and the curls and whatnot, um, which is one of the reasons why I really do not like guys like Tez Walker and Keon Coleman. I just don't think that they have that really twitchy gear down. Um, so Brian Thomas is very interesting to me. I'm interested in why they have Troy Franklin above and I'm an Oregon Ducks fan. So I wouldn't put Troy Franklin above Brian Thomas for one. He's very slight. And for two, I see him more as a, not that he can't work outside because he's tall enough. He has that ability to add weight to his frame, but I see him more translating into the slot early on in his career. Um, but Brian Thomas, he's he's very, very good. Now, for me, the name that kind of popped off of the screen for me whenever I was scrolling through these guys was Tyler Guyton. Um, I know that he's not the technician. I know that um, he has um, a lot of rawness to his game, and he needs to get better in his hand placement, um, in his stance, and um, you know a, a whole host of things. But what I'll tell you about this kid, and... Um, I want to see if they post up his age. They don't even have his age on here. Either way, 6'7", 327, huge, huge guy, has all the ability. You put him in, and, and, and truthfully, I trust the Cowboys. If, they, if they're going to draft a first-round offensive lineman, I have trust in it. So for me, and I said I don't want to be pigeonholed into taking a tackle in case a JPJ was there. Um, but for me, my guys would be, and especially with how, how deep this wide receiver class is, I really do love Brian Thomas from what I've seen so far, but I also like Troy Franklin. I also like Lad McConkey. route demon can absolutely get into the seams and stuff. Um, you know, uh, AD Mitchell, another guy that I talked about being twitchy. He's just twitchy. He's not super fast. And some people have compared him to CD lamb, which I think is a little bit far-fetched, but I do see what they're saying about the similarities in his breaks and stuff like that. And really setting people up with AD Mitchell. Um, so for me, I'm looking at a Graham Barden, a, uh, Zach Frazier or a Tyler Guyton. JC Latham is interesting too. I would be, I could be talked into that. Um, but I mean, 21, he's still, he's, he's not, he's still pretty young. I thought he was a little bit older than that. So, um, I could be talking to him. I think he's more of a right tackle from what I remember. Um, yeah, that's what I was hearing about him. So do, do any of these names kind of pop off as far as, and Troy Fontenew is interesting too. A lot of people like Troy Fontenew as more of a guard, um, a little bit older, 23 years old, a little bit lighter than those other guys. Um, but I personally, I, I like, you know, either JC Latham, Troy, or uh, not as much Troy Fontenot, Graham Barton, Zach Frazier, or Tyler Guyton. Um, but if you, if you really love Brian Thomas, I, I'll hear it. I can be almost talked into getting, uh, getting that left tackle for the future because it's not uh, uh, set in stone that uh, Tyron Smith is going to be there 
for the whole season. But if you can get a guy and you don't got to pick a guy off the street or some off practice squad, if you can get a Tyler Guyton in there. And when you're describing, that was the same thing that uh, what uh, Tyler Smith was having problems when he was at Tulsa, just the hand yeah. place. But if he's willing to get better, I think that would be a good pick. I wouldn't be mad at a guy. You could have a guy that does – he's eventually going to play this season regardless because you know Tyler Smith doesn't play a 17 game. But if you can develop a guy like Guyton, I'd be down with that. I think you could look at a center maybe in the in the like the third or possibly in the fifth round, and I think he'll still be good. So I I'm thinking I'm gonna go with Guyton on this one. Mm. Hold on, I'm trying to search up Tyler Guyton's age. Um, he like twenty or I don't think he's that old, is he? Maybe I'm 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 thinking of Mims. Uh, I'm trying uh, I'm trying to find it, but I, I realistically am not seen it. Um, but yeah, I mean, much better pass blocker than a run blocker right now for Tyler Guyton. Um, and, and I know that we need to get better in the run department, but I see this guy, he, he has similarities of, of Tyron Smith. I'll just say it like he's built like one of those demigod kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, builds. So, um, I just really like the prospect of him and I know he's not a technician, but technician offensive tackles go very high in the draft. A Joe Alt, a Olu Fushanu, they go very high in the draft. So, um, and my guy Fuaga, that I was, I thought, man, this guy, I I found one, I found one. And then all of a sudden he got shot up the board. Uh, Let's see where he goes in this draft. So, because I was was so high on Fuaga, Talisi Fuaga, uh, number 10. So I was like, God, oh my gosh. So, I say we go Guyton just because of the upside and it allows you to keep Tyler Smith there at guard and then you figure out what you need to do in center maybe later in this draft. So you on board to go with Tyler Guyton? Yeah, I'm down with Tyler Guyton. I wouldn't be mad at that pick at all. All right, let's go. Tyler Guyton. Oh, my gosh. Edrin Cooper went right before us. I finally watched Edrin Cooper. He is very, very, very good. As a situational pass rusher, very twitchy, um, fast. He has the size. I I really liked Edgerin Cooper. He might be my linebacker one now after watching him. Uh, let's check out some of these other guys that went. Um, Lad McConkey, Keon Coleman, Zach Frazier, JJ McCarthy, TJ Tampa, Graham Barton went. Unfortunately, AD Mitchell paired up with Ravens. That would be interesting. That's a good one. Um, Tyler Newbin went right after us, which they do need safety help. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see if uh, Cooper Cooper DeGene went. Okay, he did. Um, I, would, I can see that fit. I just feel like Cooper DeGene would be a really interesting pick for the for the Packers because they have so many holes at DB. Anyways, he could play linebacker, he could play slot corner, he could play outside corner. Um, so I feel like it's a like a match made in heaven kind of, but let's get to our um, guys right here. Kyrie Jackson uh, played for my Oregon Ducks, transfer from Alabama, um, up and down kind of a guy, but he's an interesting name. Ricky Pearsall, who's a um, a very good route runner, had one of the best catches during the college season uh, over the middle. Forgot what team it was against, but um, very very good. Javon Bullard. Um, who's a, a lot of people's safety one. I have not completely watched him. Jonathan Brooks, 
Um, he's my number two running back only because of the injury. Yeah. Said to be able to go as soon as you know training camp gets underway. Um, but very good at all phases of the game, receiving, running, and pass blocking. Um, I really like him. Kieran um, uh, Amagaji, uh, who I haven't watched a lot of because I just don't have any Yale tape, uh, but I've heard some good things about him. Jalen Polk, Jalen McBillen, um, which we talked about on your show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Haynes, who uh, is a guy that possibly has some position flex to jump in there at center he's a he's was very good at battling in during the senior bowl junior colson which we talked a little bit about on your show as well um one of those guys that can get down uh downhill um you know wraps up tackles he's he's good on his keys um i think he guesses a little bit like i talked about on your show i don't think he's a thumper necessarily um and i think he currently is slotted into my linebacker three um so we'll kind of see johnny wilson is <laughs> like a six seven wide receiver out of fsu um yeah and i don't really love him but you know interested to kind of see what people think Braylon trice who was a very highly productive um guy at washington not a whole lot of bend per se um and a lot of juice around the edge but solid solid player xavier worthy is one of my favorite pet cats during the draft but i just don't really love him with the pairing of cd lamb working inside the slot um trying to go down austin booker austin booker is a guy that i have heard really good things about coming out of kansas i believe he was a transfer from some juco or d2 or something like that um or maybe he was a different college i can't even remember um Let's see if I can find anything. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. I need to watch film on him because they a lot of people getting towards him towards the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, do any of these guys and, and Xavier Leggett? I was about to ask. Uh, or Leggett, however you want to say it. Uh, Malika Corley, who who has a lot of um, people saying that he is Debo Samuel-ish, and I can definitely see that. He is very strong, and if he runs good at the Combine, I think he's going to go – um, well before his ranking of 78 right here, I think he's going to go high second round um, just because he is such a physical runner. Jeremy Trotter Jr., size concerns a little bit, and I know his father played uh, for the Eagles, I believe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, those are the names right there. Jalen Wright shot up the board a little bit, really high speedster out of um, Tennessee, but he also was pretty good in pass pro. Um, so those are the names that I'm seeing. Do any of those guys kind of stand out to you? And did I miss anybody? Um, there, there's definitely some guys like I, I like John Brooks. I'm a Longhorn fan. Just that ACL injury is kind of the thing that question uh, question me on that. I want to see. I would definitely would have to know the medicals on that. Uh, Jalen Polk would be a nice one as well. Colson is another good pick. <laughs> yeah, probably good. He did uh, let's pull up um. Let's just look for our needs right now. So let's pick up running back. We'll put on linebacker and we'll put in like interior O line. So these are the guys that they have Jonathan Brooks, Christian Hayne. Well, I'm going to actually add wide receiver because I feel like it's a sneaky need. Um, so Ricky Pierce saw Jonathan Brooks, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, Christian Haynes, Junior Colson, Xavier Worthy, Devontae Walker, Johnny Wilson. 
Um, Xavier Leggett, Jamari Thrash, haven't watched, haven't watched. Yeah, watched Corley, I've watched a little bit about. Um, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Jalen Wright, Christian Mahogany, and Cedric Van Prant, which is another center that a lot of people are they like. So, um, what are we thinking? It's, it, I'm not gonna lie. This, this honestly, the second round is a little bit tough because there's some really good ones available right now. And I'm kind of down to uh, to Polk or Colson or was it uh, Haynes would be another good one. It's just like how really good is he at center? That's the only thing I'm, I want to see. But I, I, from what I've seen at the senior bowl, it was really good. So my guy in chat, Falcon, saying, I just think with linebacker being such a big need, we can yoink a wide receiver in later rounds and have time to develop them. Um, which I kind of agree with. Yeah, I I wonder if there is they did they do the trade? Okay, so we do have a trade option here we'll with the Chicago Bears, which would be to drop down. Where are they? Seventy five. Okay, so seventy five. Let's say seventy five. You get our fifty six, but we can also pick up your one eleven two, and. Might as well pick up all these. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. That's it's almost twenty picks that we're dropping that's... if we wanted to do that. Or do do we think we should just stick and pick? I'll stick with the pick. Uh, all right, we need to drop. decide who we're gonna get here. I'm Let's between... go back. Go ahead. Would you be uh, down with a uh, Colson? Colson or see other linebacker that was there. Trotter. Uh, Trotter or no, I was thinking of another guy. There's... I was thinking about the I think the Notre Dame kid was there. Oh, was it uh Mafu or whatever? Uh Leafu. Um Leofu's <clears throat> Tommy Eichenberg is an intriguing guy to me because he had such so much better tape in twenty twenty two than twenty twenty three. Um <sighs> I don't love like for me. I don't love Junior Colson. That's my big big holdup um, with him. And I don't love Jeremiah Trotter Junior. I don't really love any of these linebackers right now. But I understand that we might not have them by the time that we pick next. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you if if you if you feel strongly about Junior Colson, we're gonna go Junior Colson because I got I had the Guyton pick. Yeah, let's go. With the, we'll go with the uh, the Colson pick on this one. All right, let's go Colson. Lock him in. That makes my guy Falcon happy. <laughs> um, Cedric Van Pran, why did you have to go right before us? Xavier Leggett as well, uh, right before us. Uh, let's check out if any other names kind of stick out. Corley seventy one, um, Haynes Xavier Worthy, Kyrie Jackson went off the board. Yeah, so. We lost, you know, some good players, but that's okay. We're all about. Oh my god! Yeah, Tavondre Sweat is there, bro. What? Yep. This guy. I watched him today, and um, pfft, this dude was better than Mozzie Smith tape I watched last year, and that's not an exaggeration. This dude was a monster. Um, sheds. He, he takes on double teams, can shed blocks, eats up the run game and can give you pass rush that we didn't see with Mozzie Smith on tape. Dude is a monster. So 
Um, Blake Quorum is here, which I know my guy Falcon is clampering about. Uh, Sweat is there. This draft is jacked up. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering mm -hmm. if I maybe pressed something wrong with this draft, but I'm not going to. I I mean, There's I love you, Aaron. Right. I love you, Aaron. But this dude being there, come on. And I know you're a Texas fan, so you got to yeah. be on board with this. Come oh, on. Yeah, I'm going with, with Sweat. If he's in the third round, yeah, there's no hesitation on that. Sweat is a dog. We're going with it right now, baby. Um, yeah, My guy Edgar says, Mozzie was put in a bad spot. Um, and, you know, I, I can agree with that a little bit. Um, but overall, I just feel like Mozzie needed to show more being a, sec or being a first round pick. Um, and expected to be at the very least a run stuffer, and he was just bad. He was slow off of the snap, couldn't eat up double teams, couldn't be a um, a big trash can in the middle, couldn't even do that. He was getting moved off the ball. So, um, and that really, really came to show whenever he lost all the weight. Because early on in the season, he wasn't as bad, but the more he lost the weight, that's when it really started to show. Um, so Falcon says controversial pick here, Jordan Travis. Yoink him. Um, Mo Kamara is I, I did I mention him on your show or no? I think you did uh, mention him for a quick second. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that plays with a lot of motor. Um, he he just knows how to get to the quarterback, and I think that having him here is enticing, especially if you lose a guy like a. Dorrance Armstrong, a Dante Fowler. Um, Edge is a sneaky need. Now, I, I completely hear what you're saying, Falcon, with Jordan Travis. And I think Jordan Travis is going to go higher than this because of um, you know just his playmaking ability. He needs to get better at not taking hits because he is absolutely terrible about that. He just takes uh, stupid hits all the time for no reason. Um, but he has tools. And you can't at, at quarterback, you always throw a dart on a quarterback that has tools late in the draft. So Jordan Travis is an intriguing name, but we already, we already, uh, you know, hedged our bet on Trey Lance. So I just don't see us picking Jordan Travis realistically. Um, uh, Seatu Lamia, I have no idea about. Will Shipley, he's like my running back nine. Um, not a huge Will Shipley guy. Uh, Bill Sinet, I've heard decently good things about him, but we don't really need a good uh, another tight end. Christian Boyd is a guy that I've heard some good things about uh, from uh, you and I. However, we already took Javondre Sweat. And I think that Boyd is a little bit more of a three-tech. Um, let me see. So 317, yeah. So 317, probably more of a three-tech. But... Um, it is what it is. Malik Washington is a guy I would be super high on right here. Trey Benson being here at 134 questions why. I don't know how yeah. I set up this draft because um, he could very well be the first uh, running back taken. Kalen King is a guy who had a much, 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 much better uh, 2022 tape than 2023. He got absolutely torched by Marvin Harrison Jr., and I mean, not to say that that's new to any DB really, but uh, he could never recover from that. And he was bad during the senior bowl. Um, just bad overall this entire season. Cooper BB um, is a guy that 
it, he's tough. He fights. He's not a guy that plays with a lot of power, but he knows he, he's a smart player. Um, technique wise, he's good. Um, wouldn't say he's the greatest, you know, or anything like that. Could he slide into to center? Possibly. He would probably be undersized right there. Let me look at him. 335, maybe not. So uh, Cooper BB would be an interesting guy. There's quite a few people. Taj Washington, yes, I know he's smaller, um, only being 5'10", 175, but he is. Uh, he just knows how to get open. Very, very good over the middle. Um, in the long developing routes, he's very good, has speed. Um, just looking more. Did you see anybody else that I kind of missed right there in that range? Oh, this was the guy I was talking about earlier, yeah, Isaac uh, Garindo. This dude is fast. Um, he is. It's he not- has height and weight, which is very, very good. But he also has like legit four four speed. the The reason why he's not higher up draft boards is because he's got injured a lot, hasn't had a lot of um, playing time, truthfully. So he's interesting. And I think that really on an outside zone running scheme, like a, um, a Shanahan tree, kind of a, a team, he could be like a legit, like Raheem Mostert, like a monster. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but Trey Benson right here is super good value. I don't know how he's ranked 134. I'm surprised at that. Um, Will Shipley over Trey Benson is just beside me. I, I don't understand it. Um, Malik Washington. Uh, there's so many players right here that I really like. Um, I might be interested in trading back, but what do you think? I would see this uh, trade back to see what you can get out of it. We have six trade trade candidates. Okay. The Buccaneers want to trade back, and they're only two spots back, so we could go. You can get that for that, and we'll take your 204. See, we're not even going to be drafting that late. Um, so that's maybe not one for us. How do I look at the other trades? I think if you you click on the trades, I think it pops up. Or Trade. Oh, I, think oh, you I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, Minnesota oh. Vikings. So down one, two, three, four, five spots. So I can get this, and I can maybe pick up 157. No, 166 maybe. Dang. I'm going to offer this and see what they say. Okay, well, screw you. Minnesota. <laughs> um, let me see. Let's go to the Browns at 135. So this is a decent little drop, but we still have some players on the board, so we might be able to get 156 in that. Okay, why? Bro, you're not coming. They're up. not budging. <laughs> okay, um, one fifty three. Now that's a big drop. One fifty three is a big drop. So, oh, we could maybe go for both of those. Dog. Oh. What? Oh, uh, trade yeah. except. Well, okay. Well, I guess we're, I guess we're bigging all the way down there. <laughs> um, I guess I didn't think that through. Um. <clears throat> Um, did we lose all the guys? <laughs> Cooper BB, no. Ooh. That's who I was. That's who I was really hoping would be here. Uh, Malik Washington went to um, Trey Benson. I'm I'm guessing probably went. No, they didn't. He didn't. Did he? Oh yeah, he did. I was gonna say he cannot Dang. drop this low. 
Zach Zinter is another name that I know. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have traded that back. Uh, <laughs> um, Drake Nugent, um, who's a, a center that I've heard of, haven't watched him. Um, yeah, I haven't got to watch him. Cedric Gray, who's an undersized linebacker. <clears throat> oh, no, he's not really undersized. He looks small on tape, 6'2", 235. Um, I don't remember why I didn't like him all that much, and I don't even have my phone with me, so I can't even pull up the notes. I didn't love him whenever I watched him, but he was, um, you know, he was all right. Um, so he's an option, but we I guess we already got Junior Colson too. So, I mean, we could double dip. Um, let's look at the other linebackers. I can't. There's a linebacker that I actually really like, but nobody seems to like, and it's uh, a kid from Penn State. Oh, uh, Curt Curtis, Curtis Jacobs. Jacobs. That's what I've been hearing. I really like him. I I think that he is smart, instinctive, can get back and get tackles for losses, gives you a little bit of uh, pass rush ability. Um, Darius Musaw is another kid that um, a lot of people that I follow seem to like. Um, but going back to Jacobs, I just thought that he had some athleticism that was untapped. Um, just an instinctive kid, uh, really good in coverage. Honestly. Um, I thought he was kind of undersold from a lot of the big draft, uh, pages and stuff like that. And his ability to be a run stopper. Um, but what, so we filled linebacker, we filled tackle, we filled, um, what was our other pick? Tavondre Sweat. So yeah dang dude we filled all of our needs except for running back so let's just check out running back yeah let's see that. um oh i have linebacker still on here hold on okay i haven't watched haven't watched this kid haven't watched dylan johnson i know of dylan johnson he he got hurt during the um national championship game or maybe the game before that yeah it was at the very end of the texas game which even allowed texas to have an ability to possibly come back um but a lot of these running backs i'm not super high on i know that uh vidal has a pretty good pass uh blocking grade um frank gore jr obviously intriguing because of the name uh mcclellan he's a bigger guy um he's got an injury okay so 511 not as big as i thought i thought he was like 6'1 but 212 um he's got some bulk to him uh not bad Isaiah Davis, I've heard really good things about this kid out of South Dakota State. Um, let's check out his size. Uh, 6'1", 220, so he has good size. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched this this far down into running backs, so I don't really know any of these uh, where I feel comfortable about, oh, this is the guy out of these names. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, Did you watch I any of these guys? I did watch a little bit of Jordan, and when it comes to Dylan, the one from New Hampshire, he'll remind you more of like a Danny Woodhead type of running back who can offer in the receiving game as well. He's okay. about like 5'9", about 2'15". So he's... I'm going to just go. Honestly, I don't even care. Whoops, not that. <laughs> um, I said we just try to find the best possible player right here. Yeah, at this point, you can. And um... – Drake Nugent, you got to help us out here, uh, Falcon, if he's uh, worth a darn at the center position. 
Let's check out his size and so 301, a little bit light. Um, I, I personally like my centers to be at least 315. Doesn't mean that he can't grow into that, uh, frame, but 301, a little bit light. Um, let's see anybody else. Miles Murphy. Um, I, I kind of like Dwight from Arkansas. I kind of looked a bit at him. He he, he got some uh, pr- good production at Arkansas. I'm complaining to press. Six two. Just a little light. Overall grade. Okay, so he has pretty good grade um, this past year. Um, three interceptions, four interceptions, one. So pretty good. Um, you know, he, he's not a ball hawk by any means, but he's – well, I can't say he's not a ball hawk. Three and four are pretty good, respectively. Uh, passer rating when targeted 51.2 and 45.8. Um, obviously his freshman year, he wasn't all that great. Um, but he's interesting. I haven't watched him. Uh, is he more of like a press man zone? Uh, corner? Press man. Okay. Uh, my guy Falcon said, yeah, you should have took Benson. Yeah, we, yeah. we probably should have hindsight's 2020. Um, Cedric Gray is one of those names that I know here. Luke McCaffrey, obviously, just because he's CMC's brother. Um, We're in a situation where we uh, we could pick one of these guys, and then we got the next one over, so we don't have to worry about like somebody taking a guy. So, oh yeah, <laughs> and I don't even love any of these. I, I think that double dipping with Cedric Gray would be a good idea. Uh, because at least I've watched his tape and I can say that I actually like him in the fourth round. Um, I can't say that about the other guys. Dylan Johnson, let me see how big he is. Six foot, 218. 88-81. So he's shown steady improvement. Um, went from 4-3, 16 touchdowns. Um, receiving game, though, he kind of went off a little bit each year, uh, which could just be Washington's offense. Um, the lead back doesn't probably get as many, um, receiving attempts. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm interested in just getting a running back in general. So Dylan Johnson wouldn't be a bad idea. If you're good with that, we can do that. Uh, I'm going, I'm down with Dylan Johnson. Let's Let's go with Dylan Johnson and let's go with maybe Cedric Gray. I want to check out this kid though. Miles Murphy, six four three ten. I've heard about this guy. I haven't really watched him. I haven't. I'm gonna be blatantly honest. I haven't watched yeah. any. N- not this guy. Not this guy. I heard no, things no, about no, Bo, no. Bo Brady from uh, Maryland. Yeah, I've heard about that kid. Um, I have heard about him. I think he he was mentioned on the draft show uh, the other day. Yeah. Oh, he was. They they were talking highly on him. We you can get a good a solid safety. Cedric Gray's out there, and I we haven't heard anything from. I'm gonna Falcon I'm gonna on. let this this be your pick right here. Okay, you pick it. All right, let me. So, let me is there a certain position you want me to pop um, up here? Go to the center one more time to see if there's any miss. Oh, show. Let me see. Uh, interior line. Okay, so. Both of these guys are Michigan guys. 3266. This guy's a true center out of Penn State. Hunter uh, Norzed. 
315, like I said, right there, 63. Um, so that's a threshold I look for my centers. Uh, Javon Cohen, 305, 600. I feel like I liked this kid last year whenever I was watching uh, Zavala. I feel like this kid looked pretty good, but I'm not sure if it's the same kid. So don't quote me on that. Uh, go to Andrew uh, Ram uh, from Oklahoma. Grab three oh nine six four. So not bad. Three oh nine. I like for me. I just like a little bit girthier centers. Yeah. Um, just guys that can anchor. Um, what are you thinking? It, it's, it's almost like when it comes to center, it's like I'm reaching, but I, I Wisconsin, you, Wisconsin puts out some good, good centers. Obviously, Tyler Biotish is yeah. uh, a former Badger as well, I believe. So six four three ten, replace one Badger with another. You could, it could just make it a old trend. Uh, go back to Tanner one more time. I don't, to who? Uh, Tanner from Wisconsin. Oh, Bortolini. Oh yeah, Bortolini. Uh, this. Can I go to the stats? I'm definitely have to look. There's a lot of guys I'm starting to look. 65, 74. I mean, 87.0. Mm. Games played nine, so 2021. So obviously not the same snap count, but was significantly better than dropped off a little bit, dropped off a little bit. Interesting. Um, yeah. Man, who knows? Yeah. What are you thinking here? Uh, is this the centers are kind of, eh. yeah, this I, honestly, yeah, we could just double dip and get Cedric Gray at this point. Or we did get our tackle, but yeah, I, this, let's get but, let's get Cedric Gray. Yeah, I feel good about that. All right, we still have one more pick. Oh, god, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, all we did. Uh, I'm gonna just keep on going until I see the first name that that I know. Frank Gore Jr. Did we get a running back? Did, did we get a? Oh yeah, we got yeah, Dylan we, Johnson. Yeah, we got Dylan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, my wife just texted me. She said, "If you want your massage, you better come inside soon." <laughs> I said, "I was like." Uh, before we started, I was like, yeah, we're probably going to go for an hour and it's like an hour and 30 now, yeah. but we're going to, Hey, we're going to do this next week and we're going to come more prepared. We're going to have specific players. We're going to be watching throughout the week. Right. Right. Aaron? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I felt bad that I, some of these guys, I'm like, I kind of know, but I kind of don't. Yeah. I, I screwed the pooch going five rounds. I should have only went four because that's about where I'm at with yeah. watching these guys. And how I do it during my draft process is I'll watch a stack of different players. So I'll go to a PFF or I'll go to Draft Buzz or I'll go to Dane Brugler's big board and I'll I'll go, okay, this is his top six running backs and I'll just watch them in you know in order. So a lot of the like tight ends, I haven't watched a single tight end. I watched Brock Bowers last year, so I know a little bit about Brock Bowers. But other than that, I don't I haven't watched any. Tackles, I've only watched three tackles. Um Interior D-line, I've watched uh, both the Texas kids because I can watch them at the same time, so why not? Um, and uh, I think he's out of Illinois, Jerzon Newton. Um, 
I watched a little bit about him. I haven't really come up with my full thing. So like I've really, from the extent of what I've really watched heavily, wide receiver, uh, running back, uh, linebacker, and that's really it. So um, a lot of these players I don't even know. So I'm just going to click a random player right here. Yeah, just Let's get Jalen Green right here. I don't know who he is, but hey, welcome to the team. Um, but how would you feel about, I mean, this boom, boom, boom. I think that Tavondre Sweat would be my absolute favorite pick out of these um, three. But Tyler Guyton is very exciting for me just because you get that tackle for the future. A guy that you can build upon. And if you re-up Tyron Smith, he can sit a year, being, be your swing tackle, and fill into because inevitably Tyron Smith is going to go down at some point. Fill yeah. him in, and you feel really, really good about your future of your offensive line with Tyler Guyton, Junior Colson. Don't love him. Like I said, this is more of your pick, but <laughs> I he's my linebacker three. Uh, and Edrin Cooper and my guy Wilson went off the board super early. Wilson went 23 overall. Edrin Cooper had four picks before us or something like that uh, before the junior Colson pick. Um, so he's one of those guys. He's smart, comes from that Michigan defense that relied on him a lot in the middle of the field. Um, not the greatest in coverage, but can carry in co uh, uh, zone coverages. Don't ask him to do man coverage. Uh, solid linebacker. Uh, in my opinion, and he's he's going to be better than what you have. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, like I said, jumping on the table, throwing a party. Uh, if he makes it to the third round, that's like a C.D. Lamb type of a slide for me because, like I said, I think Tavondre Sweat is better than Mozzie Smith Like it, from their tapes because I watched Mozzie Smith. I said, he's a second rounder. Um, uh, Tavondre Sweat, to me, is like might be in my top you know, 35 players. So... Um, I just really liked him. Dylan Johnson didn't really watch, um, but just knowing from the from the little bit of Washington games I did watch because Oregon played them twice this year. I watched the national championship. I watched the playoff game. So I've watched four games from him this past year. He's a good player. Um, didn't watch him, you know, on film, but a good player. Cedric Gray, like I said, I liked him. Didn't love him. And Jalen Green, I have no idea who is who he is. But what what do you feel about this draft? Real quick, wrapping it up. Yeah, the A plus is definitely the Fondre Sweat pick, and then second is definitely that Tyler Guyton one, just for the future wise and linebacker Junior Colson. I'm a fan of him. He's not my number one guy, but if he's he's in the top five, so going with that guy who could help in the run and stopping the run, I like it. And then the little bit I've seen on Dylan Johnson, good pickup in in the fifth round. Uh, and a good, a solid running back has good production. I uh, can't go wrong with Dylan Johnson, and then Cedric Gray would be a good depth piece to this team. Absolutely, man. Hey, well, Aaron, this was super fun, and uh, you're gonna come back next week apparently, and we're gonna redo it sure. again, and we're gonna come more prepared. We're gonna watch some other players outside of, um, you know, who we've studied uh, mm -hmm. thus far. I'm gonna watch a little bit more of the tackles. Hopefully, I can watch more of, uh, um kid out of washington why am i blanking on his name um you know what troy fontenew troy yeah, fontenew um and hopefully i can have a in jc latham hopefully i can have a more definitive um uh, position on those guys versus the tyler guyton that i've watched some of so excuse me um we're gonna watch more guys we're gonna come back we're gonna redo the mock draft 
And we're going to, next show, we'll probably talk more about the prospects since we jumped into the free agency a lot. And that took up a lot of time. I didn't expect it to take up that much time. So um, shout yourself out again one more time and tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I appreciate you, EJ, for having me on the show. Uh, you could follow me at, Taco, at Tacos and Touchdown live on Facebook and on YouTube. And also follow at uh, Tacos and Touchdowns on X. And yeah, it, yeah, just on X. And then you can follow me at Aaron B901 on X. But definitely appreciate you for having me on the show, bro. I definitely can't wait to do this next week. For sure, man. Hey, for me, if you guys are still in the chat, please do leave a like on the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Set that notification bell. And uh, leave a comment. It, it, tell me what your favorite uh, pizza is or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyways, we'll catch you next week, Tuesday night. Again, we're going to have my guy Aaron B again. And we're going to be talking more prospects, getting into the draft season. And after that, I believe we should have some uh, you know, combine numbers and stuff like that. So that's going to be exciting as well. So... Uh, stay tuned. Set those notifications. Like I said, follow me on Twitter at EJ or at Boys in the Zone. Uh, my YouTube channel. If you're watching this on my Twitter side, it's EJ uh, YouTube forward slash EJ the number two Savage, and you can find me there. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for stopping in. Peace. Peace.